Okay, we've got you. You've, I've actually asked you lots of questions already. So, um, and you've answered. People have been very good about uh, participating in questions. We've got about ten, five, ten minutes, five minutes probably. If anybody has any, how many questions? Five. We've got. I'm told at the back. So, any final questions in the last in these five minutes you want to ask about any aspect of the period? Yes. How was it that the wearing of the Jewish star was No, it's, it's a very good, well, the, the, uh, the one, a lot of things. The, the simple, first it's important to notice it was only imposed in the occupied zone. Vichy, the Vichy government in the southern part, right, almost never, never, never said no to the Germans. The one bridge too far. They were actually happy to arrest Jews. They were happy to intern Jews. They were happy to deport Jews. But curiously, Vichy said no. The French population won't accept it. But in an occupied zone, they hadn't got control. So the, so the Germans imposed it. Now, how did the Germans impose it? Basically, of course, you could be a Jew. Uh, you could decide not to wear it. Um, what is amazing is, well, at the beginning of the occupation, the Germans uh, and, and the authorities did a census of the number of Jews there were in Paris. And you'd have thought if you were a Jew at the beginning of occupation, you might not go and sign up. You might actually keep your head down. What is astonishing is that, and again, you can see the, you can actually see the little file cards on each Jew in the Jewish, in the uh, Holocaust Museum in Paris. They're quite extraordinary to see, just card after card after card. Most of the Jews of Paris, they went and signed up for the census. They were asked to present yourself to the police on the, the morning, say how old you are, how many children you have, if you're Jewish and so on. Why did they do it? It seems to me astonishing now. I think why they did it is sometimes out of bravado, I'm not going to let them change my life, sometimes they just couldn't believe what was going to happen. No one knew in 1940 that the Holocaust, they may not, was going to happen. So the Germans actually had the addresses. So of course you couldn't know when you saw somebody in the street that they were Jewish, but if they looked Jewish, and if they were stopped, where you say, do, do people look Jewish? Well, some people do and some people don't. But if you did, and you were in a Jewish area, and you were stopped by the Germans, and you asked if you were Jewish, and if you asked to show your papers, the Germans would know whether you were or not if you were in the census. Some people were arrested because they weren't wearing the star when they should have been. So, yeah, some people didn't wear it. Um, uh, and also, sometimes what the Germans would do, actually, would be to stop people in the street, say, are you Jewish? But I said, no, I'm not wearing stuff. Drop your trousers, particularly humiliating thing. And people who were circumcised, they would generally assume, or they would be assumed to be Jewish, and they would be um, carted off for not obeying the law. So the, your question is a very good one. How could you impose it? A mixture of people curiously obeying the law, because they didn't believe what was going to happen, and also knowing that the dangers of not obeying the law might be greater than the dangers of obeying the law. But it's a very good, a complicated and very good question. One, uh, one there, yeah? Um, did you get, well, I'm not really sure, but did people wear the star even if they weren't Jewish? Again, a, a, another excellent question. It's very interesting that some people did, because we, when I was talking about my resistance things, some people wore the star as a kind of, yeah, exactly for that reason. They were very harshly treated um, because that was seen as um, 
Uh, there was an example of people who sort of, uh, students actually often, it's young people sort of, and not really realizing in the beginning they would lend themselves into trouble. So yes, as a kind of sympathy gesture, uh, and that, I call that an act of resistance. I know, I'm happy to call that, you know, I'm happy to call that resistance. It was a dangerous thing to do, but it was a, an act, really, to try and defy and make fun of and show solidarity and so on. So the answer is, yes, some did, but not for very long because the consequences of it were very grave. And so very quickly, people were basically arrested and treated very... I've got two questions, but I think we... Are we allowed to go on? Uh, two, two? Okay, what, what, you were next, actually. Uh, can people move freely? Again, uh, obviously, a, a lot to say about that, but it's a, it's a very... Uh, if, we go, if we go back to it... Um, we go back to it. Uh, where is it? Yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not a very detailed map here. But what you don't see here is actually some on, the, on that border, there were, sometimes the border ran through a town. Uh, in fact, in one case, it ran through a house or a chateau uh, on the Loire somewhere here, absurdly. Um, it was technically very difficult to cross over. You had to have a special pass. And indeed, the, the, this, this girl's family, for example, uh, she decided some of her family were thinking of getting down to the south because it was safer in the south. It wasn't safe, but it was safer here than it was there. And there was a whole kind of network of smugglers, of people smuggling people across the line uh, with false identity papers. And uh, some of those people took money for it. Some people, of course, denounced people that they crossed the line. So technically, it was very difficult, but just look at how big an area it is. And I don't know how well you know the geography of France, but a lot of this is just countryside. It's very difficult to police it all. So there was an enormous amount of internal movement, but it was dangerous and it was illegal. And then the final question was somebody there, and then we'll end. Yeah. So you define resistance as anything that was against the law? Anything that was against the law. No, uh, I didn't have time. And no, no, it's a, it's a, uh, I, I actually cut out a bit of my lecture because I realized I was running over time. And I was a passage when I was... I'm glad you asked the question because it allows me to go back on something I didn't say, which is this. No, I don't think so. I, I, I was, I'll give you an example. Um, the, the Germans started to requisition agricultural produce from farms because they were desperately needing, particularly after sort of the middle of the war, to feed their armies. And they were really bleeding, the truth was they were bleeding French dry, actually. They were bleeding France dry. The French were suffering, uh, nor when we talk about normal life, actually for most people, the problem of the occupation was keeping warm and feeding yourself, actually. It became harder and harder. So uh, the Germans would start to sort of seize grain, seize cattle, you know, anything from farms. Now, you're a farmer. You, of course, <laughs> the last thing you want, you want to, well, you, you want to make a profit on your grain, you want to keep it for yourself. So what you've got was an enormous amount of peasants and farmers holding back their grain, hiding it, and then selling it on the black market. Now, that's against the law. I don't call it resistance. Or you ask me what I call resistance. I don't call anything resistance, right? But it seems to me problematic if it's being done simply because somebody wants to make a quick buck on the black market. But, so it seems to me there has to be a, an intention as well as an action. Somebody walks down the road uh, looking at Germans and, and thinking, oh, I hate Germans, I hate Germans, I hate Germans. And after the war, somebody says, what did you do in the war? 
And, somebody, and he said, oh, I hated Germans. Yeah, well, what did you do? Well, I went around hating them. That doesn't seem to me to be resistance either, because it's, an act, it's a thought which has no consequence. My previous example was an act which has no thought. <laughs> you see what I mean? And I seems to me that if resistance is to mean anything, it's about what you might call a convergence between thought and act at some level, if, if that, uh, as, a, as a very brief answer to that question.